Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Art Fight Podcast, and we're here with Michelle Brown. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? So good. Okay. Good to be here. Um, so, here we are in Nashville, Tennessee, West Nashville, Tennessee, and you are very familiar with the studio here because you're here all the time, mm-hmm. because we work together a lot. We do. And we team up on projects as of late. That's right. Yeah. So um, you're obviously a, um, you know, it's a, it's a huge thing right now in Nashville. Everybody's a performance artist, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cutthroat. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so welcome, 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 Sensei Joe. Always glad that you're here. Um, I'm so happy to be here. I get yeah. a coffee. When we had to do those podcasts where you were, when I, when I had to carry the whole thing while you were out of town. Yeah, heroically. It was brutal because <laughs> it, was, it was brutal because I, I was already getting tired of my own mind. So glad that you're back. Um, and then it's my turn to leave soon. But anyway, yeah. all right, so here we we're are. We're just going to skip it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and you're going to carry on, Joe, alone. Oh no! Yeah, can you do I, that? Yeah, teach me how to do this thing here. Okay. okay. <laughs> so that that means I'd be happy to play with it though. That's cool. I love it. We'll make an instructional video how to run your own art fight podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but uh, but cool. So uh, Michelle, Take thank you for coming. Right. I know that um, mm-hmm. uh, usually we're, you know, usually when I see uh, Michelle, I've got like weird bugs crawling on me, or I'm <laughs> in some weird place, or, and it's super sweaty and hot, and or dark or weird or something. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, and I'm panicked about light going away or something because usually I'm filming you, uh, doing your thing, and so um, uh, it's it's cool to meet you in normal circumstances. Look, yeah. we're just being together. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so this is awesome. Uh, but you don't have to guess and check anything right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Take cues from. Well, me. <laughs> I'm still kind of recording this and watching your levels, but uh, you're fine. All you get is just talk right into that thing, and then uh, there's no no images necessary. But uh, but yeah, so I wanted to um, you know I definitely wanted you to meet Joe because Joe is uh, sort of the eyes and ears. Of yeah, yeah, let's cheers, cheers. <laughs> eyes and ears of the the Nashville art situation and beyond, and constantly blows me away with his knowledge and writing and perspective. By the way, congrats on the Burnaway piece. Thank you. Uh, that was really well done. Mm, thank you. Um, now, when you farm those out to be ghostwritten, uh, <laughs> <laughs> how much are you paying these children who are writing this for you? There's a great Bukowski poem about how he's got like a he's got like a boy that he feeds like raw meat in a cage that does all the writing for him. Oh, he feeds him. I, I think he feeds him whiskey and raw whores. Oh. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> But yeah, but it's not quite that exciting. I actually have to do it myself. So, so it's up to you to decide whether that's an abusive construct or not. He's, he's getting those poems written. <laughs> no, but that was it. Was really well done. So you wrote the piece about the latest exhibit at the Frist mm-hmm. that is uh, chaos and awe. Mm. The one and, that James Perrin, who was on our show a couple two guests ago or three. Yeah. But I mean, James Perrin, who we talked to this season, he's got a painting in that show. The only national artist with a painting in that show. Mm. And um, I wrote that shortly after that show opened, but it took a couple weeks for us to get that, get it all edited together. It was it's actually weird. It's kind of I'm glad people like it because it's one of those things where I had to 
I had to fix a lot of stuff and like rearrange it in a way that was different from the way I first wrote it um, because people said you should rearrange it this way and I said this is driving me insane because I just like I can't I don't I give people what I want them to do you know like when you write something you want it to be what you did and then when you do get suggestions for like what what I would think of as like heavier edits it's like but that's not how it works this is how it works so I waited for a couple of days and then I said no you know what maybe maybe they're right and maybe I should try to change these things and maybe it would make more sense essentially if I put the ending at the beginning basically mm. <laughs> and there's some there's some truth to that too like in writing I have a friend who like her poetry editing uh, advice is always like get rid of your first line or get rid of your second line because you sort of get going and then all of a sudden you're you're flowing away so huh. the, the, the lead up to that just get rid of it you know I've heard this yeah and I think yeah. in some ways by the time I was done writing all about that show when I got to the end I was just like wrote this whole thing about you know what the show is and what it, it seemed like conclusive to me but they were sort of like that would make a better introduction and you really want people to read the best stuff at the beginning because we don't know how long people are going to read this <laughs> you know yeah. you know yeah. will everybody read 700 words or will some people stop off at like 400 okay I got it yeah mm -hmm. good but anyway so I, I it's a good example of letting your ego be sort of restrained long enough to see that somebody else might have some good insights and that their advice might be taken in a way that lets you maintain the integrity of what you've done but you can also still benefit from an outside perspective so I did that and I and I ultimately was like wow that was a whole lot of work I didn't expect to do but it's better for it so I'm glad that people are enjoying it it can definitely go another direction it can yeah it, it can definitely go another direction where you, you're, you're, you're like wow this is yeah. a lot of extra work and I know for a fact this is not better right see uh, that, it's I, not universal I don't have the energy to do that stuff really you know I've yeah. got to really sort of feel like somebody might have a better idea than I do or it's, it's just a question of they see possibilities that you don't see because you're, bu you're busy building this thing that yep. you think should be here mm. and somebody else can say what if the, what if you did this to it though and you can't see that the first time through because you, you don't know what it is yet you know what I mean I can I can see and appreciate the idea too of tossing the earliest thoughts or whatever but mm -hmm. that's really where by pulling the end to the beginning the end is sort of your uh, cumulative um, yeah amounting to a sort of the bold claim and, and the evidence therein or, or whatever uh -huh. right so to to then reverse engineer it or then go okay now I've arrived yeah. at, the, at whatever the bold sort yeah. of assertion is here then yeah. let's lead with that and then let the sorting out of what that means happen yeah that's and I have to say this too I mean part of my reticence in doing something like that is really just a certain it's all I mean you could almost say it's like a laziness because I because it is going to require a lot of energy and a lot of time to take this whole thing you've made and now turn it inside out essentially it's not as simple as just we'll just move this and move that and now it'll be there it's like you know it's like no it's completely not what I made it to be mm -hmm. and whole chunks of it are now serving other masters and I yeah, don't know yeah. what the hell's going on now yeah. you know but but it eventually 
you know sorted itself out basically well congrats because it was, it was <laughs> yeah. a really good it was really good piece so I it, appreciate you know, it worked so, out and then I suppose for you Michelle like with performance you don't really get this editing benefit do you no mm. no no and uh, yeah I was thinking about um, how through your process of writing mm. Joe you had some moments to write and write and write and at the end you had this cumulative understanding and effect that you thought man I'm gonna just offer this to the audience right from the get Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's all I want when I'm performing but I don't have that opportunity I don't have that Uh ability to to think okay no this piece is what I'm gonna cut and paste for them Right. Because I want to be nice, kind, and informative for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, yeah, I think performance art just doesn't go that way sometimes, and that's okay. It's part of the beast. Well, it's such a, it's such a process. Yes, the whole thing seems to be just an ongoing process. You, there is, there's no like, how do you arrive at anything? You you know? Yeah. Is there is you know? And sometimes I feel like maybe I am, but that doesn't mean jack shit for the person filming it or the people watching it yeah. a yeah. month later so you're right like what does it even matter <laughs> yeah here turn your mic this way what? do you ever up, um up at yeah. me yeah Perfect. do you ever uh do you ever actually just, so, so i know oh, about that's your so work. much better i know about Thank your work you. and our our viewer our listeners can find your work through brian's uh youtube page and your instagram is this yeah. right am i given good uh, places? she has she, you know, michelle has a you have a vimeo, vimeo. channel and okay. uh instagram okay so that's through right. those ways people can find you and we'll make sure they get those addresses before we're done here um but uh do you and you do uh performance art that that brian is filming and then uh do you ever do your performance art in front of live audiences no not that i've corralled to okay. say hey i'm about to do this piece right so no. i'm just trying but to get trying to fill people but in yes. on like how this works for you like what it is that you're mm-hmm. actually doing no not there yet and i'd love to i would love that opportunity but um right now it is uh, happenings public publicly so there have been people who have witnessed it yeah. but they're just passerbys why don't, like I was just saying how much I admired the Lake Palmer piece so would you yeah. can you walk walk the listeners through like how you guys did that project and how it actually was a, happening live in public but it was also yeah. unannounced and legally trespassing yeah. <laughs> conscientious yeah. trespassing yeah careful oh, though careful conscientious respectful and reverent <laughs> trespassing um, yeah no that space honestly like that space has been in my mind eye for a while uh-huh. and um it's a background of it though real quick like it's uh go ahead no you go ahead it's a it's um and it's a it's a botched job of mm. a massive space four um, acres yeah four acres and um it is a massive hole uh-huh. in the middle of midtown mm. in nashville and um it's so out of place that like i can't miss it yeah. when i'm anywhere near it um and it's literally filled up with water and we have this weird artificial lake in the middle of the city that's right <laughs> that's right and so i just want to fuck with it yeah. right um and so honestly seeing what seeing the places that brian had looked into um in the recent past 
they all kind of had the same feel. They've been abandoned and Mm -hmm. they're kind of overlooked, but they demand attention as well. And so I thought, man, he's a perfect, he's Mm. perfect for this. And so when Brian and I got together, he said, okay, what are like just a few things that you want to do? And Mm. that was one of, I just mentioned it and he was like, oh yeah, I know where you're talking about. Let's go check it out. So we scoped it out together. (laughs) Um, Oh, and you neglected to mention that the body of water in it is so big that Google Maps recognizes it as a body of water and that people have actually gone, there's a Google Maps listing for Lake Palmer as a place wow. and people have rated it like four out of five stars <laughs> and all this. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's interesting how technology plays a role in some of this too, but essentially, uh-huh. and the reason why it's called Lake Palmer is because Palmer was the developer that left, abandoned, walked away from this project after yeah. they dug out, you know, an 80 foot hole right. that's, you know, four acres wide. Yeah, right. And, uh, in Nashville, and then left 10, yeah. was it 10 years ago. Yep. People who aren't here locally might not know, but Nashville's booming. There's construction cranes all over town and anytime they build one of these large buildings because of all of the uh, limestone in our soil there's nothing you can do but blow shit up it's just dynamite city all over Nashville so somebody went in and literally blasted a crater in the ground and then the project fell apart they walked away and now we have a lake yep. <laughs> and so what happened was in the news we saw it's super surreal man it started it's to real get really surreal. it started to get some news again because uh, some other developer had stepped in and, and bought this property or whatever mm-hmm. investors had bought this and so now it was going to sort of resume, and so it meant that Lake Palmer was going to be drained. So that kind of became the the early impetus to get yep. this thing done because it was uh. actually going to be something now after all this time that was just going to disappear. And so imagine what that's going to look like to people in in twenty years in Nashville when they can look back and see like what the hell. Uh, and but we, we, I want to definitely have you finish explaining like what, yeah. what all happened there. But that's sort of yeah. some context and some background that I think is helpful. So you guys yeah. scoped it out. Yeah, and it's infamous in that. Mr. Palmer has never really made much commentary about it. People have reached out to him, what's going on, what happened. You know it's a lake now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. That's all we know. It's literally so, a biosphere. Uh-huh. No, it, I mean, when you go down there, there's a family of ducks. Right, <laughs> and of course there is. There are things that have begun living down there. So um, we noticed that, and I just wanted even more to get down there and experience it and then tell a story about it. So you guys found a way to get in. Yeah, well, I mean, Jesus, it's not, it's fenced off. There are a few haphazard signs around. Um, But it's easy, you can get But it's easy to get in, yeah. Yeah. And now Brian told me the story, because when I was watching the video, I I started asking questions, of course. So I'm like, what is this? Like, how did you guys do this? So explain the actual technical setup with the cameras and and then what you did in your performance there so we knew that we wanted to be able to show the scope of this space Mm -hmm. with the surrounding area um, from above and Mm -hmm. so Brian had the drone Mm -hmm. and I also filmed a little bit with my phone Mm -hmm. um, as I was walking down there. And you had that like uh, in your purse or something or how did that work? What was it attached to? I had it it with me in Uh my hand and I was carrying it with me along with my picnic basket. Uh And that's about it. Now they stood above me um, on the street and me and me and my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so you weren't even you didn't even cross the fence line. You just the drone crossed the fence line. No, so it was it was an interesting kind of scenario because what was happening was 
So we went there the night before, figured out exactly what the point was <laughs> where, she, where she was going to sort of <laughs> climb in uh-huh. and uh, or over or whatever and kind of identified the best spot to get in uh-huh. and then try to get a sense of like making sure that you could get down to where we wanted to get, you know, sort of down because the, the whole concept, you know, uh, not to get ahead of you, Michelle, mm-hmm. but basically it's a picnic for one right. at Lake Palmer kind of vibe. Right. And so uh, we went the night before, scoped it all out, had a, got a plan together and then right. went the next day. And then basically my wife and I... Uh, we're sort of beyond the fence, up high. You know, think about it. This thing is like 60 to 80 feet deep. So you're really mm-hmm. looking at like eight stories. So we were like eight stories up mm-hmm. uh, on the street level. And she's, you know, Michelle's eight stories down in this recess uh-huh. in the ground. And so I thought, well, if we want to be able to show the sort of scale of this uh, from above, uh, but not give it away too soon. Right. That's um, one of the cool things visually, about the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so she, you know, climbs over the fence and then I just from above you know strangely like when I, my little readout on the drone says like you're at you know minus 21 feet minus 30 feet oh, wow. minus 40 feet because it literally knows it's in a hole yeah wow and uh <laughs> so basically I just followed her along and then uh and then the camera that she had you, with you her also served like, as our communications. You almost were doing like yeah. a like panning shot, just sort of following her. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just and kind then, of the, the walk yeah. sort of down. Because right. it looks like she's yeah. just walking through this pastoral sort of meadow. And then you're holding on to it like your, like, like, was it another camera or your iPhone or what was it? Was it was just my phone. It's just my your iPhone. phone. And you're like shooting your feet as you're walking. Yeah. And so you get this sense of this, this person's moving into this you yeah, know uh, the track while yeah yeah exactly you're walking down trail yeah <laughs> yeah and then we knew that it was important for me to be able to have communication to brian and katie so katie was accessible through my phone as well uh-huh. um so for part of the time um she was on speakerphone with me so that we could make sure that uh-huh. i was safe but also that Brian was able to find me um, right. and keep track of me. Now, I will say that we knew going into it that we didn't want any type of direction beyond that. Uh-huh. And they were really adamant about wanting me to be able to do whatever I wanted to do down there mm-hmm. to keep it completely performative. Uh-huh. and um, But very undirected and uh-huh. spontaneous and kind of in the moment. So you didn't actually even necessarily have any kind of choreography in mind for what you were going to do when you got there other than I'm going to go through the motions of having this picnic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Correct. But I would say that, <laughs> but but some forethought that I saw I didn't realize until after that she clear that you had Michelle clearly done was uh I think there was a certainly sort of a, some kind of an art direction or something because you know, you're wearing this really bright, high contrast oh. yellow skirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when she pulls out the picnic basket, uh, like one of the jars, I think that you had or something was yellow. Mm-hmm. And like, there was some like color coordination of objects yeah, cool. and some things that, yeah. you know, like I didn't know any of that was going to be the case until it just started happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's clearly like you had, I think you thought, thought about the ingredients, yeah, but yeah, not yeah. necessarily like the choreography or however you would, yeah. I don't know what you would call it in the name of performance art. I don't know, is it choreography? But yeah. yeah, no, I just want, whenever I think of a piece, I enjoy making it aesthetically whatever I feel like it call, it's calling for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether it's aesthetically pleasing or disrupting, mm-hmm. I kind of just go with I, with what I feel intuitively. Mm-hmm. And for so yeah, for this space, I really wanted to play with color a little bit. Um, because when you're down there, it's all, like you said, limestone mm-hmm. and browns. Yeah. And because right. of the na- how, how long it's been in that state. Right, yeah. yeah. 
And so, so yeah, it definitely it, it definitely brings it's part of what makes it like such a weird dreamy quality is like this this the the whole thing is like unlikely and like un oh, and, and like you, unlikely to like almost as almost like a zany level with the costume with the you know with the yep. with the bright dress and the bright jars and yeah. all that stuff yeah yeah kind of, kind of caricaturish in us yes a, to a degree yeah well very much so yeah. you could say that yeah. um but it worked out so well because the contrast was right yeah and like you say that that when the when the camera does pull back and you do see what's going on and we'll, we'll no spoilers listeners you have to watch the video for yourself <laughs> we, but all, when it does, we all lived then all of a sudden it's like honestly like all of that sort of like kind of almost weird quality it, it almost it's suddenly like you suddenly realize that it's like there's an actual weirdness to this whole thing that's even weirder than this sort of artifice of you know choosing these colors and wearing a costume and all that kind of stuff. Right, you which know? and I and that's even makes it even more powerful though. Yeah, well, I don't know, powerful. I love that word, but <laughs> honestly, for me, relatable. Like, how can you pass by this space every day uh-huh. and not see how absurd this is? Uh-huh. And no one's wanting to tell a story with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm definitely going to put this feeling into this space. Like, yeah. let's activate what everybody is. Yeah, could possibly be thinking, and yeah. I hope a few people have been thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and so then what happened was we we did the piece, and then. Uh, released it and then immediately after the news people got a hold of her and then did interview, interviewed mm-hmm. her um, on, the about the, <laughs> on the 4th of oh, July on the 4th of July that's awesome yeah. it was on television it was all you know it was like this whole thing did they use your footage too? yeah they played they they, and then they put the whole video on their like you know whatever Facebook pages got like thousands upon thousands of awesome. views yeah. you know or whatever <laughs> yeah but but this is like the Fox News station right mm-hmm. we were so suspect <laughs> <laughs> Brian was like they w- kind of want to talk to you about this and I had this moment where I was like I, Fox really they want to <laughs> ask me about this is this a trap <laughs> <laughs> were they cool were they polite they're so good yeah. so great and uh, yeah just like I think the local interest is what compelled them. Sure. And um, had so much respect for what Brian and I did. and um, What you did. I was just an accessory, but yeah. Um, he has but, to say that for legal reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Perfect. Finally, feigned humility meets pragmatic uh, absolving of liabilities. This is great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. Just being humble. I'm strictly an accessory. Right. That is a legal term. Actually, accessory. I shouldn't say I'm an accessory. No. That's bad. That's actually bad. But no, they were so interested. Uh-huh. Um, well, yeah. And I love the the... I don't know. I just, I think that it's weird that we've had an interesting year in Nashville for sort of like prankish sort of projects happening. And I like, uh, I like that aspect of this. I like stuff where, and it's not so much prankish in the sense of, um, you know, in, in the sense of I'm thinking about John Sewell's run for mayor. We had a friend of ours who ran for mayor and like immediately just told everybody not to vote for him, but brought up all these points that no one else was talking about. And it created a lot of confusion in the media and stuff. Right. But I loved it. I thought it was great. And it was a strange performance in its own way. He's actually an actor. And so there's all these weird layers to that thing. This nice. thing is more prankish in the sense of like, I like it when people like, break actual rules and laws and stuff in order to do a creative project you know what right. I'm saying well and to you talk know? about something right. in the society yeah. at large yeah uh, yeah again like it's so layered and it's a big deal it's too like, I mean it's it's really I mean it's like probably 
I would say if you ask most Nashvilleians, what is the local issue that you're most compelled to to comment about? They would say it would be uh, probably just development. The growth. You know what I mean? Yep. From good, bad, ugly, everything. You yep. know what I mean? Everybody's got, everybody's thinking about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um so it's very timely for for what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's that's how there was something that happened with that. Uh, I think peace in general mm-hmm. that you know you just know you're striking the right chord when you got Fox News calling you, I suppose. But it's also just um, when, I, I think it's just like a, a testament to the value of if you can just you know create you know people if you can tie together people in in a in place mm-hmm. and have a unique story to tell of about a person and a place whether it's a creation or whatever um in a meaningful way then you just it it, it it's unassailable as a, a thing uh-huh. that is worthy or of note or or whatever yeah, i think without that those components then you just you don't you're missing something so I, i'm not saying everything has to be illegal per se mm-hmm. uh, but i certainly think that you know i think every great craft you sort of start out with what's a natively immediately around you i think in, in the pursuits of a lot of creative paths people immediately think about oh this is going to be the thing that gets me out of my town or this is going to be I envision myself in this elsewhere of mm-hmm. whatever theater in New York or mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know all these things and there's nothing wrong with any of that but I yes. think that especially if you know as you I long to be a painter in the Netherlands <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> right you make that leap <laughs> yeah. oh, wow but like no a, it's a, it, a novelist you... in Prague right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's all well and good where, wherever but... Vermeer was that's where I want to be. <laughs> point me to Vermeer <laughs> <laughs> but Brian's been good about helping me um He's been a good partner over these past few months because uh, it's nice to have that reminder. It's nice to have that reminder about these steps that are achievable. You know, whatever you want, however however funny that dream is, it's okay that you want that, but that leap, can it can be too much. And um, you can lose people while doing it. And... Um, that's not what I want to do. And I think performance art particularly, if you leap too far, um, no one's coming with you. Uh, and, <laughs> and that's not what I want. Do you, and like, that's not why I would do any form of art. I uh-huh. think that there are some people that do art for that reason, and that's fine, and that's great and beautiful, but that's not my art. Yeah. Um, and so I think that like Palmer struck a really good balance of questions but we gave some answers too mm-hmm. and I think that was that was all I could have asked for I like the way that you use the phrase use the term activation talking about doing a performance in a space and activating the space mm-hmm. uh, I like I also especially think it's apt for like a picnic situation because it's like eating food is so ritualized and I think like I think when we start talking about activating spaces I think ritual is a big part of that yes um, I, I, and at the same time I know that a bunch of people are probably like what the fuck is he talking about and I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about exactly right now and that's the end of the show guys <laughs> <laughs> alright see you next week no but, but, but I don't I honestly I don't in a way but I'm I'm 
all like I'm like neck deep in like just everything about creative placemaking right now. And tell us about the, talk about that for people who all are still confused and as confused as I am because I'm trying to make this stuff crystal clear to myself and I know that it's just going to take immersion. <laughs> yeah, well I would say but that how, how does art activate a space? What are we talking about? when we say that I know what we're doing when we say that but I don't yeah. I can't tell you what that means clear enough for me to feel like I've got it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, no pressure right? yeah, no pressure so you do that for me <laughs> <laughs> or just talk around it regarding what you're doing there yeah. you know well, what I mean I, I would say that it's always important to remember with performance art uh, the fine art lens mm-hmm. so um performance art different from the performing arts uh-huh. uh and so when we go and activate a space i'm doing it intentionally for the art for mm-hmm. some sort of artistic uh message feeling catharsis Mm. and it's funny like in the 50s and 60s people started to just grab on to the art in our rituals rituals being the things that we're doing every day Mm -hmm. some I mean we just kind of this funny little thing started coming up in art houses and outside of galleries where people were like, wait a minute, we're, and it's great that we're making all these beautiful things, but did you just see how her hands looked when she prepared that pastry? That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Do it again and do it again and again and again. And actually, does it get even more interesting as we repeat it or how we do it? Um, And so it is, yeah, that which I find cathartic. Mm-hmm. I have I I want to do the, those things all the time, and I don't. I I can't not notice it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's I'm really OCD. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just helpful for me in my everyday life. But um, I think you can it, channel that obsessive yes. behavior into these these creative rituals. Yes. <laughs> that's all any of us are doing. <laughs> right? Exactly. Ever. Let's give ourselves a big break here. Um, but yeah. And so, and but I would say, performance art is so interdisciplinary um, that I also find it so appealing to be able to not have boxes mm-hmm. and it is a genre of art in which um, we can kind of think up these things we want to do whether we film them or not um, and include in them all sorts of things music instruments um, materials to make 3d props facial expression along with it while you're doing it and I think that the things that I was exposed to artistically throughout my life as a child just kind of naturally assist mm-hmm. that type of art. What, what, what were you exposed to as a child? 
a lot. <laughs> Dance first and foremost. Uh-huh. So ballet. I was going to ask, did you like how many yeah. of these things did you do individually before you just decided you needed to be able to do whatever you wanted? Right. So. <laughs> I, a lot. I played around with a lot. So ballet? Ballet, tap, and jazz until I was in high school. And I started that at three. Learned to play a musical instrument. Did that for about five to six years. I played the flute. Mm-hmm. You just, and you I always how she joke. Didn't, she, didn't, she didn't bring that shit up first. <laughs> she was like, I learned to play so unnamed play? musical <laughs> instrument. Please don't yeah. ask me more questions. Flute's cool. Flute's a very Flute's, common first instrument. Flute, flute is so... Beyond piano. I'm like, I mentioned, Ron Burgundy. How is, right? I always mention to Brian that I'm going to find Flute's some badass, way to, to use it. And yeah. He's just going to have to grin yeah. and bear that shit. I've got a compilation <laughs> called Heavy Flute. And it's basically like jazz flute meets like... like acid jazz kind of remixes but it's got people like like Rasan Roland Kirk playing uh, the flute and stuff where it's just like funky ass flute and yeah. it's a great CD oh, <laughs> yeah no, but flute's the thing, legit. Heavy the thing flute. about flute is that you ha- you it's few and far between that do it really well uh-huh. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, but yeah so that and then love the woodwinds <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, and then from as far back as I can remember, I've drawn and I've always mm-hmm. wanted to just draw and draw and sketch. Um, did you act or theater or anything like that? I did. So, uh-huh. and then in grade school, I did what they called was forensics, but I did that uh, through debate, fifth, right? fifth through eighth grade. Yeah. So I, no, but I would like recite poetry and prose from uh-huh. memory. Um, and then in high school, I did continue to do all of those things uh-huh. in high school and I went to an art school um, here in town and were you raised here? yeah oh really whoa Native born and raised very strange we don't get many of those right which is why I felt <laughs> so entitled to just take yeah. on Lake Palmer right you're like she was mine yeah it's my lake y'all it's mine <laughs> yeah um, and then I went to a liberal art, liberal arts college for two years in Cincinnati, in which I studied psychology, and mm. um, came back and uh, got a degree from MTSU. Over which those past two or three years, got really into like street art and the hip hop mm. music scene here in town. Uh huh. They've got a great art department down there too. Yeah, Todd. The Todd Building is great, and so I got a. I ended up getting a minor in art history. Oh, cool. So I took a bunch of art classes. Never felt really secure to major in it, though. Mm. So that's where the psychology came in, which I just like to throw that into my art as well. Yeah. I find, you know, a lot of times when I see a show that just, like, nails me, I find out later that this artist uh, has a is has a degree in something other than art. You know, they've yeah. done a lot of work on art. Maybe they are somewhat educated as an artist, but it's like this guy is a chemist, you know, or this guy is mm-hmm. a, a history major or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it just also speaks to the fact that it, it, so much art nowadays is like art about art, you know. And when you see a show that's like about history or something other than art. Mm-hmm just commenting on art you know um, which is awesome too I love it it can be great but those other things if they're done well they really stand out because they're suddenly so much broader (laughs) you know than everything next to them yes exactly I love it well said 
So then, uh, <laughs> and then we, we kind of embarked on some other things, right? Like not the Lake Palmer ambitious sort of uh, drones in the voids of the earth kind of thing, but uh, we've done some other, you know, uh, more localized uh, pieces. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's been really fun because uh, Joe, like I, like I said, I find myself in these just these weird places. Did you, did you, do vi- <laughs> did you all do a video in a drain culvert tube? We did. <laughs> is, that, is that what it's called? Yeah, what you call it? What's weird I was calling it tunnel the whole time, being like, it's not a tunnel. <laughs> what's weird is that in the new Nashville, it goes for twelve hundred a month. What that tube? The, the drainage pipe is a leftover at Twelfth and Douglas uh-huh. on the ground. Yeah, yeah, it's like twelve hundred a month, and you, and, and you have to pay first and last, right, exactly. and have yeah. three references. Right. I could see no that. parking. <laughs> no parking. Uh, That's no. another problem for you to solve. <laughs> But 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 that was a that was another sort of interesting uh-huh. one. So we we've, we've definitely There's a really good pho place next door though. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the perk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that one was less less literal, more conceptual for sure. And what did you do? You were in the tube, and what did you do? Yeah, I um, did an an installation of sorts. So I <laughs> strung I strung up from the top of the tube, from the top interior of the tube. Um, Circles, cardboard. Oh, you got, that's you got, right. You've, yeah. you've got to back up. Okay. Yeah. You've got to back up. Okay. First of all, she rolls up in her car and she's like, "You can't come near my car yet, especially with a camera." Okay. And it's because she's taking her top off so that she can put this other top on that she's made that is these stacked painted cardboard discs that she's made that are effectively her top at uh, this point. Oh, okay. You're mm-hmm. wearing the, the, the discs. Yeah, like okay. Little Mermaid style. Oh, Ariel, yeah. Little Mermaid style Oh, yeah. And a giant, and, What's the name of this a, project? Well, we decided to... Little Mermaid style. Yeah. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> we decided to date it. Um, date it and number it because it was oh, one okay. of like a small series title, uh, tradition too yeah <laughs> this yeah. is number four in 1989 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it is just a time and a place right yeah. ultimately yeah. so i think that makes sense for the the mm-hmm. things that are clearly you know where you're just uh, evolving something mm-hmm. um but uh, but yeah, and this is again one of those things where it's like I'm just there. I don't know what's exactly right. going to happen. I don't. Now know. you're wearing your project. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just set up the camera in front of this giant tube, and then now you can continue with what you're. You just forgot all the background of like. <laughs> Thank oh, you. she was like strutting down this neighborhood street in a, like a weird cardboard top <laughs> with, a, with a very long hair wig on. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and and your body language was all sort of this kind of. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what color's the wig? Black. <laughs> yeah, right? And it was sort of like, like you, you know, back in like, it reminded me of like girls that were walking into the mall on Friday night and we were like in ninth grade <laughs> or something. You know, like that vibe where yeah. it's like, oh man, this is like, yeah. the, this is almost like a runway in the right. most inconsequential situation ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you were kind of, that was on purpose. Yes. It, yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I was, yeah, I was on a mission, though. I had planned to uh, activate the inside of this tube. Uh-huh. And, and you had scoped this out before, too, right? You yeah. guys do, you guys scope it, and then you do it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, these things, I mean, I have a nine-to-five mm-hmm. day job. Monday mm-hmm. through Friday, I work full-time. And so I have just decided to let things grab me by the eyes as I'm driving through the city. I drive a lot for mm-hmm. this job. 
And um, I just make notes of these things that I find initially just visually appealing uh-huh. to me in a very fine artistic type of way. Yeah. And this was one of them. And, and so I sat and thought about what I wanted to do there to activate that space. And I walked up to this tube, crawled inside the front of it, and installed um, the circular pieces that had built my top. Mm -hmm. Um, They were put together, they were painted and put together by um, Sticky Tack. Mm -hmm. And so I could easily remove or put them back on. They were concentrically stacked upon each of her breasts. Yes. And so they're like small, from a small to large order, the large being the bottom one. Mm-hmm. So she could peel off the small piece and then, yeah. Yeah, and if you were to look <laughs> at me from a profile view, it would look like Madonna's top. Yeah, I was going to say it's like a bullet bra style. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I strung them up. I had some, I had a, a pair of scissors in my back pocket and um, some <laughs> tape. So and Safety first, kids. Yes. <laughs> Safety first. <laughs> and some, Don't uh, go strutting with scissors in your pocket. <laughs> unless you're a grown woman on a mission. Um, and then I had some tape and some um, like fishing lure, like uh, yeah, clear line. St- yeah, 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 line. yeah. Mm-hmm. Clear string line. Mm-hmm. Um, and people don't understand how often we use that in art projects. Get used constantly in galleries and stuff. So great because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. so strong and so invisible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I did, and I I uh, took each little circle off of each breast of my top and. Um, Uh, taped it to the end of each piece of string that I cut to hang from the top of the inside of Mm -hmm. this tube. And so what was left as I crawled out the back end um, was hanging black circles. Mm -hmm. um, Of various sizes. Of various sizes, thank you. Kind of like Um, a mobile almost? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like Uh, like Calder meets Ed Wood or something. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And... uh, yeah, just checked it out, you know, walked around to the front of it, checked it out, approved of it personally, <laughs> and walked back to my car. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, thanks. I like the idea of, of you know, let me ask you about this too, just because this is something that I think isn't necessarily clear to people, but there are, there are artists who we would call video artists who mm-hmm. are making videos, and the video is their art. Um, but you... I if I let me say what I think you're doing and you tell me if I'm right. Okay. You are not a video artist, you're a performance artist and when you're doing this ritual and activating these spaces, that is the art that you're doing and you also for very practical reasons need to document these things so that people can see them later because of the fact that you do this stuff publicly but right. unannounced and improvisationally and it just happens and if you miss it there has to be some kind of a record of it. So that's where Brian comes in. Yes. But the video is sort of a collaborative documentary film of the actual art, which is the performance. Yes, okay. that's absolutely correct. Okay. Way to go, Joe. It's, and well, this is why you write about <laughs> art. <laughs> I love this guy. Yeah. Sometimes I think sometimes people don't, they don't get that there's, there's, there's something different about that. And also, yes, too, I think right. there's, there's video artists who sort of do something very similar to what you're doing who don't get that you that that if you're going to be a video artist it's like it's a whole other different thing mm-hmm. and 
there's a whole different set of rules depending on which lens, no pun intended, <laughs> you know, yes. we're supposed to look at this thing through. You know yes. what I mean? Um, but I like, I really dig both the actual performances and I also really like the way you guys work together to film these things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's helpful that you're not just working with like a cameraman person, you're working with somebody creative like Brian who knows how to do something that makes sense for what you're doing. That's As much as he so can helpful. when he doesn't know what the fuck yeah, is yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, I think the way, the way I get out of that though is just to just get out of the way. Yeah. Uh, and it's not my thing and, you know, and I'm not trying to you know, be like, okay, so what we're gonna do is gonna be so like directing yeah. or there's none of that. You know, it's just like I'm just, and and I think that the bar is actually really low and I, um, for the videography part of it in a good way, like where yes. it's just like just set up, just get a couple shots, man. You know, like because it's if not, it wasn't, it yeah. would be different. It would be mm. a different form of art if yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would start to become a short film. Well, you know? I would say, would, I would say yeah. too that like, and you'd be an actress in that film. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the Lake Palmer thing is different than these other things that we've done and that we'll continue to do because the the Lake Palmer thing, you know, what happened too is like yeah, like we talked about you know how uh, Katie and I and Michelle all went the night before and kind of scoped it out. Well, I was sort of filming the whole thing. I was filming Michelle sort of, you know, trying to see if she could get under this part of the fence or, mm-hmm. you know, all that. I just thought, thought like, if I'm going to, that was the first thing we'd done. So I just thought, if I'm going to be filming this person, I would rather them get used to me filming them beforehand as opposed uh, to... So you got a little bit of a dry run. Or just, just in terms of just having a camera on a person. Yeah. Because, you know, for me, it's, it's deeply problematic. I hate filming people in this weird way because I don't like being filmed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. So figure that out. But anyway, I don't really, anyway, so. I think um, a lot of people who get behind cameras don't like being in front of them. Yeah, it was like. <laughs> yeah, I think that's common. Oh, no, I think, I think half the reason I even got into photography when I was 12 was because it allowed me a physical reason, besides what's going on in my own mind, to just be at the edge of a room. Mm. and not in the middle of a room uh-huh. so helpful and just like well I'm holding a camera so I need to right. sit over here like sorry yeah. I'm I'm the here I'm like yeah. 12 years old I'm, I'm the photographer hey, I'm, I'm taking photos <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay enjoy your meal yeah my I'm little doing great. Pentax K1000 <laughs> right yeah. I was just gonna ask what kind of camera Pentax K1000 oh no it's, it's in my house but uh <laughs> it's, it's, house. it's basically the perennial student camera that you see you know film camera um, uh-huh. and I still love that camera but anyway so the Lake Palmer thing I filmed this stuff before and uh, and then I just kind of made her speak into these microphones after we did it, just to kind of ruminate hmm. a little bit. Um, made you, I mean, I just said, hey, you want to just say some stuff? I don't know, whatever. Like, just didn't even introduce why we were doing it. And then I just took all of the footage of the whole thing, the event itself, the stuff before, and then her sort of thoughts about it. And then put all that together and then used it as sort of voiceover. Because I really wanted it to be this kind of like a as much as it's a work, you know, a video chapter of this piece that happened, I kind of wanted to get in short order, like that you, Michelle, sort of thinking about, just it's like another level of consciousness about what you're doing. Like you're, you're what accounting. What are we doing, yeah. Or just sort of forced, like not in a negative way, like that there was some doubt, but it sort of forces this accountability. Mm-hmm. Like you need to be able to articulate what's going on here because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know and I'm right next to it, you know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, so the first piece that we did has like kind of voiceover and, and it really talks about, you know, Michelle's, you know, you're talking about how you consider that void of Lake Palmer to be this kind of an 
outward embodiment of a lot of things that you feel like. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, man, that is like what you said was so rich and so authentic and so real mm-hmm. that I was just like, it's got to be in in the thing. And then we don't ever have to do that again. Mm-hmm. But like as a starter, I just thought like that was a really good thing to do. So it just kind of worked all the way around. Uh, and also, I mean, part of it was motivated too, I think, by, you know, how do we, if, you know, because we didn't know if the law or developers or police or who know I don't know if you I just know that when you when you film certain things and certain things get a little bit of shine then people get concerned because then they're like well people are now gonna even though it's a bogus concern or something like oh because of this weird performance art thing now that that means that publicly it's an open invitation to come down there Mm -hmm. you know which it's not and that's irrational but I was concerned about some of that kind of thing potentially happening and so I thought by having her by having your voice in it mm-hmm. that's being completely just kind of of open and human mm-hmm. about what this means to you and why you're there would help potentially sort of uh, diffuse yeah. any potential Mitigate so there's a, a few different reactions. reasons for that for that piece yeah. but then for these others like I, I have barely an idea any idea what she's what she's doing and she she tells me ahead of time but i still don't really understand it uh-huh. yeah, and, <laughs> yeah and then uh and then she just you know then you go and do it and then um uh-huh. uh and it's more just straight documentation mm-hmm. it's not yeah so i'm just sort of along for the ride but a facilitator mm-hmm. yeah when did you start doing these performances um that's a great question i did a few my senior year in college, so that was, I don't know. I'm so, I have a, an awful memory. Um, Not that long ago. Na- what? 10 years oh, ago. please. <laughs> 10 years ago, tops. Yeah, yeah. Ten, yeah, about 10 years ago. So this has been, you've sort of been building up over time, like just sort of working on it. Well, I went dormant. I went dormant for a while uh-huh. because I have a marriage in my past um and a daughter who Mm -hmm. will be seven soon so Mm -hmm. um when i graduated school got married had a child unexpectedly and did not do really any art particularly performance Mm -hmm. for i don't know three or four years Uh and then um divorced separated and suddenly did not have my daughter every other week uh-huh. and so almost as a culmination of like oh my god what do I do with myself now right um kind of threw myself back into performance uh-huh yeah it's interesting we have a, it seems like I mean I know a lot of people who you know uh just with the whole you know career family especially young kids mm-hmm. it's like all of a sudden they'll just they're off the map for a while and then all of a sudden a couple of years later you know the kids sort of running under their own steam now yeah. it's not just constant demand night and day and then they reemerge and they're playing shows again <laughs> yeah and that's real and sometimes that's got to happen right. i will say though that you'd probably be hard pressed to find an artist who never stopped thinking about it uh-huh. because i will you know, I I think over those three or four years in which I wasn't doing anything with my body, the wheels were still turning in my head. Uh-huh. And I was still doing a bunch of writing, right, and thinking, yeah, about what's around me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think it's weird because I had a friend who was an actor who uh, he would always say that he would like I've done a lot of like 
I've recorded a bunch of records, written a lot of songs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, because you can just pick up your guitar and like write a song or just Mm -hmm. go anywhere in front of anyone and just play them a song. He's like, you know, your thing is just sitting there at any moment ready to be done. But as if you're an actor, it's like, oh my God, there's this huge machine, even if it's just, you know, stage plays. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's this whole thing that has to be in place for you to be able to do what you do Mm -hmm. other than just, you know, reciting Hamlet in your living room to nobody. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no, it's, 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 you're just a piece of of a thing that's got to be so much bigger. I think you just conceived of her next piece. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. (laughs) Hey, hey, that's all yours. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, there's this, you know, if you do have a performative, you know, and a lot of what I'm talking about are friends who are musicians, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like a thing of like, yeah, I can't do sets at, you know, uh, 11 o'clock at night at the Springwater anymore because I've got a kid who's going to be up in two hours and they're not going to go back to bed. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. So, you know, so that that's... Spring yeah. water does not right? <laughs> does not coexist with parenting probably yeah. very well. Spring water does not care about your children. <laughs> no. God bless, you know God bless the spring you know, water. You know, and I mean and even I mean you just suddenly now, you know, and uh, you know, that's that's just part of the deal. It's like, you know, that that nocturnal life that a lot mm-hmm. of performing artists live, it's it's hard to reconcile that, especially with young families. A lot like I say, a lot of people reemerge and they were writing songs the whole time or they were, you know, getting ready to go or thought of a new thing and when they come back it's different and it's better and they're really got their shit together you know it, can, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's even a diminishing but mm-hmm. but there it's common for that thing to sort of slow down for a minute there yes and common and maybe necessary mm-hmm. at times because content when you talk about content i mm. mean it can come and go, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe not content. I would say inspiration uh-huh. uh, can come and go. But if you want to be performative in any way, you know why and what and how, and sometimes you need a good amount of time mm-hmm. to just let something hit you mm-hmm. or hit me, for that matter. And. Uh, so I don't know when I look back at like three or four years of not doing any art I think that it's I can see it in my work now Mm -hmm. like it's coming in a good way yeah Yeah. oh yeah for sure thank you you got it (laughs) sorry for the train sounds it sounds good (laughs) it's a low rumble (laughs) yeah this time of day it's good for that but yeah, yeah so and then um you also had a piece that I got to witness that I thought was pretty special um, that was in and around the notion of tar and feathering mm. tarring and feathering tar mm. feather mm-hmm. um, will you tell Joe what the hell you did yes I will okay so and, and the world huh the world also wants to know okay of course they do uh, I have been pretty fascinated with the notion of tar and feathering and I when I get fascinated with a notion of something or a visual then I, I want to play with it mm. and I, so I've wanted to play with this historical thing ritual I guess you really can call it um, of a thing that we've done to people in the past um, and i I just found a good time to do it. And the time would be politically 
in the climate of America currently. Uh, and then also personally, as a friend got ready to leave America, I wanted to publicly do an enact, a, a reenactment of tar and feathering, but uh, self-inflicted. And so self-inflicted, but also assisting in doing it with two and with another person. And so I um, had a dear person in my life come to a public space with me and do it um, with, we didn't use tar, but we Mm. did use acrylic uh, mix of paints that were just all black. Mm -hmm. And we did have a um, pillowcase of feathers specifically red white and blue feathers and um we just proceeded to cover our bodies with black and black liquid substance and um feather each other as well so Mm -hmm. we we did our own bodies as much as we could reach and then we assisted each other in doing the parts of our bodies that we couldn't reach and i wanted brian to film it for me (laughs) did you film that yeah, and it was uh, in North Nashville, mm, yeah. um, outside of this kind of abandoned, kind of old mini mart looking place. I think it's an old. Uh, well, like I'm sure it's been used for station. something, and I think it, it was definitely was a gas station. Used at some cars. Point. Yep, I think it's been a few things. Yeah, but yeah. A pretty beautiful old front, which colors. had already mm. which had already been claimed by some street artists mm-hmm. um, prior. So. I had also seen, I had driven by the space several months ago and really loved the look of the space Mm -hmm. and have wanted to do something in that space for a while. So I just decided to pair the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically the covered overhang that was sort of like the, that gets you out to sort of the old gas station island part of it, or kind of like a carport on the front of it kind of thing. Maybe it was like a drive-through cleaner. I don't know what it was, but anyway, um, it was sort of out front um, Buchanan Street. So there's a lot of traffic okay, yeah. going by, like right there. I was thinking you were talking about Buchanan. A lot Street. of horns yeah. honking, a lot of uh, quizzical. Broken nicks. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. for, for sure. And uh, I had one camera set up that was just filming sort of the kind of locked off camera that was just kind of there. And then I had another camera I was just kind of walking around with just in case. And literally like you know people were talking to me the whole time while the thing's mm-hmm. going on but it worked out well because i was able to film it while also being a buffer for it so that yeah. they could do what they were doing but it was it was really beautiful and the um the contrast again of the when you say people talking to me like passers-by just stop yeah people pulling the cars rolling down windows like what's going on and they're like yeah. do, you have, do you have any cigarettes <laughs> you know, lighter yeah come over here talk to me you know yeah um just a bunch of stuff going on but uh but it was just the color scheme of that one i thought was really cool i mean you know i know that that's you know it's easy to beat yourself up about you know like the funny detail about that one was you know the all oh, the you know the buckets that they had that had all the stuff in it you know they placed it down in front of their feet in front of the camera yeah and yeah we did. and then after the fact it's like oh you know but that's what i think is so funny or interesting about the whole thing and that line between staged and directed yeah. and for the camera versus just like irrespective of the camera right you know and so that the push and pull uh-huh. of that and that was like you know and, and that camera was just sitting there it wasn't mm-hmm. um moving or doing anything it was just one shot that was fixed and just sort of set up so i just think it's interesting to see the wriggle and writhing of of reconciling with you know your path as far as yeah. like I've always just kind of just done these things 
and what really drew me to you in the first place was just what you were doing just with your phone you know or whatever yeah. uh it was very simple so i just want to like go one step up maybe from the intention and the, the you know of whatever that is but there's also the question that we've run into where it's like because you know michelle's done a bunch of things where she relies on her being able to if she's playing to the camera she needs to be able to see herself mm-hmm. to know how she's fitting in the frame and what's uh, right, playing sure. and it becomes part of the the mirror interaction or whatever and you know that's sort of a, a question that we haven't maybe even really sorted out yet so yeah. it's just a really interesting thing to kind of be along the ride for because and then you think about like the times right because if you're looking referentially at past performance artists it's like okay well that was shot on 16 millimeter film in a weird New York loft and there was no Instagram mm-hmm. you know what I mean like so mm-hmm. we're having to like really modulate for the times mm-hmm. and account for it in some way because you know tree falls in the woods kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's a very interesting mix of like minor sort of speed bumps and little calamities and, and little herky-jerky kind of like I guess that's fine is that fine you know yeah, yeah. is that fine and is it not fine and why and yeah. also like if we have this parameter, should we think about it and play up to it maybe? And this is all, all these are all of course questions that we um, ask and answer after the por- performance has been done mm. so that we can decide how we want to put the documentation out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not thinking too much of it in the moment, but it, they are completely it relevant yeah, 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 yeah. afterwards. Yeah, that's and, interesting. And, and not to be, I mean, we, we have to mention also that none of this would be happening as far as our creative sort of work together. None of this would be happening unless it was for my wife because uh, Katie's really awesome. Yeah, and she so is. that's, I think that's sort of the trifecta that makes it all kind of work when we're, when we're videoing things, <laughs> filming mm-hmm. things because uh, Katie's sort of like the, the, I don't know the, what's the term for like the person that's sort of just like, just uh uh, like a spiritual grounding element, but also the the walk the watch watch hawk kind of person. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she sees everything that's going on. I'm usually consumed with what I'm doing, and then you're consumed with what you're doing. She's kind of like that other th- sort of third eye. Yes, that's probably the way to put it. Absolutely, and also when you talk about performance art, a lot of times you can't talk about performance art without some sort of. Uh, the first rule of performance art is that we don't talk about, about performance, performance art. art. <laughs> <laughs> Second rule, you're probably going to come across some female themes and mm-hmm. some feminist mentality. And um, to have another woman there is oh, okay, yeah. super helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Especially when there's a man behind the camera, um, which just so happens to be. But Katie, I, there's just something about her presence without any of the other things that she helps me do. But um, yeah, Katie, just the fact that she's there, I mm-hmm. feel a little more comfortable doing these things that Brian probably isn't relating to on some levels that I'm submitting it mm. out as. That true. makes sense. All true. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I think the, the, the male point of view is often sort of like, um, predicated in some instinct of like, kind of get over it walk it off kind of like what patriarchy you know just walk it off (laughs) (laughs) exactly Uh, not not to be that exact but yeah I mean it's it's, I I, you know I do what I can though you do Uh, I do what I can you do and it's not like you're setting shots up to be focused on 
<laughs> it's not a patriarchal lens, you know, archaical lens. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> or maybe it is. But yeah. yeah. I have a friend who uh, got into a whole discussion with uh, her boyfriend about the male gaze. And yeah. about halfway through it, she realized that the boyfriend thought she was like completely homophobic and was talking about male gaze. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and she's like, no, no. <laughs> no, it's just post office people. G-A-Z-E. G-A-Z-E. So, yeah. But I, I still think that story is hilarious. The male gaze. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what's wrong with the gaze? <laughs> No problem. <laughs> now with the postal service, it's different. Right. It's totally different. No, but um, <laughs> no, but that's and what I love is I appreciate that disconnect because then it's not it's, I don't know it's just not my job. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I'm just trying to be as whatever mauve or taupe as possible mm-hmm. in my approach. Mm-hmm. Pick your pick that's your smart, shade though. of mauve. I mean, or I think taupe. it's not easy. I mean, I think that I think a lot of times doing less is really hard for anybody who's creative because because it just seems people feel the need to do something mm. all you know yeah. as soon as they're in any kind of role it's the first thing and it's it's usually a good intention it's like well I'm here I'm supposed to do something now right but sometimes the best thing is just like nah, I don't think I'm going to do much of anything I think that's been so much time doing me. creative things <laughs> that it's really a relief to go out and mm. follow her on her creative uh, and just have, be able to be the camera guy. Yeah, yeah. and not have the responsibility of carrying. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel a lot of responsibility. Oh, okay, I say all this, place. but I feel a lot of responsibility to get, you know, especially when things are momentary, if you screw something up. Yeah. But it, you're more of like. You feel like, like you really miss something if it doesn't right. record or some right. weird thing, have a technical problem or yeah. whatever. And definitely with some of the drone stuff, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard when you don't know what's happening and anything where drones and people are involved, you got to be really careful. And yeah. I mean, so that stuff uh, uh, use, requires a lot of uh, craftsmanship or thought or movement or something. Yeah, yeah. But in general, it doesn't really matter because it's like, it's kind of like if you're a solo artist and then all of a sudden it's like, dude, we just want you to play in our metal band and shred guitar solos or something. Right. You're just like, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> you I, know? Just do I, I don't even give a shit what this band is called. <laughs> you know? yeah. Suddenly I don't have to be the person doing all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can just shred. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So even though you're you know, asserting yourself with the shredding, right. um, it does, it's oh, not... Oh, you're shredding. Well, and he's shredding and he also knows, and I hope you get this feel, that everyone around him just wants to be there to hear him shred. Mm. And oh, that's I don't me. know what that means. Okay, but that is <laughs> me for, for Brian's presence because mm. I it frees me up to just be able to do what I want to do in that moment. Mm. And if he doesn't get it, he doesn't get it. Trust, I'd be doing this anyway, mm. you know, yeah. on a Saturday at yeah. seven <laughs> in Lake Palmer so, yeah depending on the week yeah I, I really appreciate that you're, you're the, the vacillation or the whatever it is you know between you know going into like you know parenting full consciousness not that you're not always doing that but you know what I'm saying like you know getting daughter ready for school mm-hmm. but that that stuff is always walking around the other pieces are it's not this walled separate oh, it's, thing it is probably my number one be. fight 
right now mm-hmm. in life and in art too because these things that you're doing that you don't always have permission to do you have in your back pocket and on your computer and you then look down at this little child that you you don't want to see breaking rules quite so early mm. yeah. <laughs> or yeah. anytime soon for that mm. matter so it, it there's this yes there's a very crazy juxtaposition of the art I do and and what I do in my everyday life as well mm-hmm. the, the art of parenting yeah because you're like I can't wait till next week so that I can act out but in the meantime you cannot act out mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. one of my favorite um, like people about this subject is uh, Patty Smith in in her memoirs is written in just in interviews and stuff in general she's done so much she's she's really done so much I think to sort of tell people that it's like yeah, I had a kid, and but see, we're talking about a writer too, primarily. Stop. I so did it's not know different. this is part of her story. Yeah, it totally is. So I need she, to, so at some point, yeah. she marries uh, marries uh, Fred Sonic Smith, the guitar player for the uh, MC5, mm-hmm. and then she moves to Detroit, and they have kids. Yep, and she her her career goes into a little bit of a hiatus, kind of, mm-hmm. because she can't tour and play like she had been mm-hmm. because she's got little babies at home. But what she is doing is she's getting up at like four in the morning like Brian. <laughs> she's like yeah. walks down to her uh, like like a gas station because this isn't this is like before the great coffee house boom of the 90s brought coffee houses back to us. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like walks down to the gas station and gets a big old gets one of these right yeah. cups of coffee like this and then walks back home and on the way home there's like. This is this is like in her second book, like after the book about being in New York with Robert Maplethorpe. Then yep. her second book, she talks a lot about this. Where she talks about going to, I can't remember what it was. It was like some kind of like just a bench in a park or something. There was just some place along the way mm-hmm. where she could sit down and feel, you know, uh, you know, okay to be there and put my coffee down. And I'm not at home. I'm not, you know, involved with all the shit at the house. And she was just writing her journal. Yeah. And then she'd walk home. And by the time she got home, you know, uh, Fred would get up and then the kids would wake up or whatever. And then she'd get on with her day. Mm-hmm. But her whole thing was totally like, yeah, you just have to get up a little earlier, you know, and you can still do your writing. You know what I mean? If you can still, but that's not performing. That's something different, you know. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know, she had to put some things on the back burner, but still felt like you were talking about, like, I still had ideas. I still made notes to myself. I still sort of kept it active in t- my interior creativity mm-hmm. didn't go dormant. I just couldn't be out there doing stuff for a minute, you know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But she talks a lot about that and is sort of like, you know, that's don't talk to me about women who can't be mothers and be artists. She's like, of course you can be a mother and an artist. Yeah. <laughs> the best artists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Someone said her. that I was speaking of like these moments of nightlife that you have to, you know, kind of plan for and around when you've got family at home. And I was out the other night, um, drinking hand, talking to some friends and we were laughing and some guy was like, but you're not a real mom. <laughs> and I uh, and I laughed. I mean, I laughed, and I thought it was kind of funny. But at the same time, I was just kind of like, "But what?" And I know, I know what he was getting at, and I know it was very well intended. Yeah. Um, he meant you're a cool mom. Cool mom, <laughs> which just makes me want to barf. But 
it is you have to and i'm sure patty smith will be the first person to say this but i think that what she was telling the world and i haven't read her books yet and i need to but you have to craft that space for yourself mm. once you have those kids because there is a difference there's a difference between artist and mother and mm. um, and however subtle or uh, distinct you want to make that line mm-hmm. you do have to be pretty intentional about mm-hmm. especially with social media and what everyone has access to yeah so yeah so yeah i mean obviously you feel limited yes right because yeah. if you didn't have anything else you were responsible to or toward um they the bounds of what you would probably do mm-hmm. would be you know more challenging mm-hmm. yeah i probably would not be making art in nashville right now <laughs> yeah you know well then i'm glad that you have a child <laughs> right. um and i'm sure that you are too yeah and, and the I thing am. too is that like you know i think uh, it's a good place for you to be making art yeah i do too. yes yeah i do agree and i know it was as we joked about at the very beginning i don't know i don't really we don't have a lot of performative perform performance art in Nashville mm-hmm. um, although there's lots of performing arts of course yes and there's a lot of avant-garde dance recently which is sort of where we start to get into something that's starting to bleed over the line a little bit but it's yeah. not the same thing correct um, it's not but yes yeah but but I think that there's plenty of room for more performance art in Nashville yes and therefore it's a good good time to be that person kind of sure know. yeah I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too is that you're, you're I think it kind of goes one of two ways. I think the people that are parents that are, you either have something that is of your original self that you really push to maintain and grow mm-hmm. or you just give it all away up and then everything that is your outlet becomes this projection through your child and I see that going kind of awry honestly in a lot of cases where I feel like undue amounts of I don't know focus or something on on people's kids you know I just see sometimes where it's like why don't you just like you're just you're compensating for something that you're not carving out for yourself with purpose Mm -hmm. and then this thing that has duly and rightfully sort of substituted for a lot of that time and energy, you're now just putting it on them. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate that you're uh, um, still, I don't know, an individual. Yeah. And I think that's a hard thing for a lot of yeah. people to do. Wimp and mothers, yeah, especially. I can only imagine. <laughs> Thanks. So, um, hey, so listen, look, we probably should head out of here, but I wanted to find out... Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask like I don't know. Word. Um, tell me what, where do we can find you? Where we can watch all your things that some really relaxed guy made with you. Um, <laughs> right. And uh, <laughs> just all the things because uh, I think that everyone should. Uh, I just here's the thing. I I don't know how the hell I found you, but I found you. Instagram. I think I found you, Brian. Yeah, I don't remember how it worked, but either but. way, I was like that is mm. something <laughs> that there should be more of and I know that I can be of some sort of help. Sure. Yeah. And so, so if I'm inclined it. in that way, yeah, and we did it. So so now it's up to everybody else to um, keep an eye on it. So mm-hmm. how do we keep an eye on it? So I'm primarily putting these things out to the public through Instagram 
And I can be found on Instagram at the fake his of O, which would be H I Z O F O. The fake. The fake his, his of, of O. <laughs> and then. Um, That's different than the fake his of Joe. <laughs> mm-hmm. His of what? His face. <laughs> the smirk. His of, his of bro. <laughs> yeah. His of bro. <laughs> Uh, and then you can also find me on Vimeo um, through the through same handle, right? Same, ha- same handle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if they find your Instagram, they can find all the other things. Yes. So that's the challenge. Everyone that's listening. Correct. Find the Instagram, the fake his of O. Mm-hmm. Please. That's awesome. Yeah. And Joe, do you got anything happening? Um, hey, we're um, both doing that talk coming up. Do you have your talk together yet? No, I actually, I just moved a bunch of images from my old computer to my new computer and I felt really accomplished and I stopped doing anything else. All right, good. <laughs> I'm going to come stare at you in the audience too. Yeah. That's nice. the, when is that, okay. the 23rd? Hey, maybe we should organize uh, some sort of a disruption for this whole event. Well, what? Uh, well, maybe I shouldn't have even mentioned well, it. Well, uh, heart fluttering yeah, yeah, right. immediately. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna, I mean, it is about... I mean, art and architecture. Is it the 23rd? Is that what it is? Yeah, 23rd. Okay, yeah. At the First Art Museum. Yeah, you, you actually, your thing would have been an interesting addition to that. that I know. Been, I don't know who else is doing it. You and I, and I don't know who else is involved. They, the only reason you and I know is because we just mentioned it, and we're like, oh, you're doing that thing too. But yeah, it's we like literally they mentioned it. it on the podcast. I heard. I, w- I heard I'm like, it. I'm doing that too. <laughs> it was and real I, cute. I know. I thought I was cool or something. He's like, bro, I got that yesterday. <laughs> His of bro. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is that they don't, it is strange how they're very, like you're, like who's playing this gig, man? You yeah, know, like who yeah, else no, is on here? Yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting because like other Secret. exhibitions that you find out you're in or other stuff, it's like almost immediately you're, you're, you're aware of like the whole context of who's, who's going to be involved. But yeah. it was also kind of a weird thing too where it's not like we applied, we were just asked to do it. So right. they don't know who's in yet because nobody because they're waiting for people to tell them if they Got want it. to or not. Yeah. You know? Well anyway, so, so that's happening and we're both doing the thing. Yeah. It's August 23rd. I think that's Civic right. Design Center event at the First Art at Museum. The, and tickets are just now available. For, it's like 10, to, 10 bucks I think or and something. And it's a Pecha Kucha which is 20 slides, 20 fun uh, presentation slide, 6 minutes, 40 seconds presentation fixed. Mm. You have to speed through it. Yeah, I think I know what I'm doing but I, I have to actually build it now. It's like an OCD TED Talk. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. It should be pretty fun. I think it'll be pretty neat. Um, and then I'm also going to play at D's on Monday. So oh. that's coming way before that. So All right, on Mondays on. I'm at D's for the Madison Guild Monday night, which I think starts at like seven. I think I'm playing second to last, so probably around nine-ish. Sweet. All right. Um, so if you're in Nashville, come find us at the Fist Art Museum on August 23rd, and there's booze, and it's not very expensive, and yeah, um, wear a weird hat or something. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> not. A, it's, I think it's supposed to be a pretty loose fun thing not very, not very formal yeah. and keep by the way, in mind when you're doing and your I can't believe right? we went through this whole thing and did not even talk about the fights or any of the stuff that happened oh my god we'll talk more yeah. uh, we gotta get better at figuring out how to like manage all this yeah yeah uh, but um, we've got a big one coming up uh, Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov and it's going to be the best fight in the history I, of all mankind. I worry that it's not going to be. I, I know, worry right? that it's uh, going to be terrible. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how it goes with these things. Yeah. But at least uh, hearing... The Cejudo fight was insane. I know. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. Well, um, thank you very much, uh, Michelle. Um, no, thank you. And uh, let's do it again. 
Uh, everybody go find her stuff. All right, later, y'all.